Welcome to the 4A Music Podcast. I'm Charlie. I'm Alexandria. I'm Amy. On this week's pod, a process for learning new standards, Dolly Parton puts her money where her heart is, the pitfalls of creating in the public sphere, new music, and more. First off, what's new? What's on your mind, Charlie? Well, a lot of things. The um, the first thing I thought about this week when we were kind of talking about like this opening segment was, I was asked to do my give my teaching philosophy in one sentence, and I was like very stressed out about it. I took like four days to think about it. I actually don't even. I thought I had. Uh, sorry. I thought I had it up for a second. Oh yeah. So, um, so I was like thinking about things and, uh, like some of the, my, I was like, oh, maybe I'll just do one of my sayings. So like one of my sayings is like, there is no plan, only preparation. Right. I say that all the time. And then I, then I, then I thought like, maybe I should do the, there's like the Kenny, um, Kenny Werner quote that is like in music, nothing is hard, only unfamiliar, like that kind of thing. Like nothing in music is hard, just unfamiliar. So I was like, going to maybe do that. But then I was like, I don't know, both of those are just kind of like, I don't know if that's really like my teaching philosophy as much as it is, as it is just like philosophical, like f- ideas that I have about my philosophy of like life or something. Right. And so I kind of like landed on this thing, which I don't know if it's any good, but it was, it was, I wrote something along the lines of like developing a unique sound or aesthetic is less about creation and more about discovery. Your music is already somewhere inside of you. So that was kind of like my one that ended up being like my one sentence kind of thing. Wow. And I kind of cheated because it has a hyphen in it. But um, but I was one, like, it's kind of interesting <laughs> I to love think. that. <laughs> it's kind of interesting to, like, try to take something, like, really big like that and, like, put it in, like, one sentence. Like, how how do you feel about that? I was just that wondering if you. Feel, that's stress. That's yeah. stressful. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so wordy. Yeah. Especially as, like, I don't know, artists, we tend to, like, say hippie stuff and we say like so many words and all about the same thing (laughs) i think i could probably narrow down the values though pretty quick like i think i could have bullet points i just think i would struggle to do one sentence like it would just be the most flowery longest not flowery but like a jam-packed sentence you've ever seen like a complex sentence like you know a semicolon by which Therefore, <laughs> there, wait, and and it? and 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 yeah, yes or <laughs> you you brought us there, Charlie. <laughs> it's not going to land when I explain it. I just think it's funny. Yes, and is such a thing in theater and in music, and I think we should do a skit that's yes or. <laughs> if anyone would like to participate, let me. But know. when you say a skit, like what we've never done a skit before, <laughs> but you think like on the podcast we should do a skit or like, um like in life the podcast would be a great place for it. Just, like we should just all show up at the same coffee shop and be like yes or <laughs> yes or well because a lot of times you're supposed to yes and somebody and like whatever yeah. empower their idea and then add to it, but. What I was thinking about is like, <laughs> like when you make plans with someone and they suggest something and you don't want to be like, like you're down to do that, but you also have another idea. So you're like, yeah, or 
And I just and like, yeah, no, it could get yeah, really silly. No. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh you're gosh, at Starbucks yeah. and like, do you want room? And you're like, yes, or <laughs> you can just fill up to the top. And then what I think do they I also, do? yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also thought of this because, uh, my, my, it's not his original, but my dad used to do that joke where it's like, let's go at three. Or we could go at three. Have you ever thought about the fact that we could go at three? <laughs> you know, pretending that's very cute. Ideas. <laughs> well, when when I was just talking about this a few minutes ago, you were saying that like what uh, this idea of like doing something in seven words or less, or doing something in one sentence. You said that your dad said something like that about feedback in a lesson or something. What's that? Yeah, I, I might be confusing it, but base the basic concept is like if if the focus is music then in giving feedback to keep it super succinct so it's not like going on a rambling journey of like four minutes of feedback and then the student's like what am I supposed to do um but I don't remember like it must come from like some I'll have to ask him where it comes from but I just have stuck in my brain try to say it in seven words or less because it's hard but then I guess what it does is it encourages you to kind of like get it out yeah. and move on and then be like, okay, try again. And then the focus is like music making. Yeah. I don't know. Or like maybe someone can't like focus on all the things at once. So if you yeah. have all the feedback at once, you're like, eh. It prevents a dump truck. But if you have like, okay, this is the core feedback for this moment, mm-hmm. then like they can get that core feedback for that moment and then like do it again. And then, oh yeah, seven sentences, seven, seven sentences. Seven words or less. It's really hard, though. I will do this in seven paragraphs or less. I will give you feedback in (laughs) seven seven pages. (laughs) No, no, yeah. Um, (laughs) No, yeah, yeah. Yes, or um, I'm I'm so guilty of that. Especially like um, I'll sometimes I'll sometimes like try to stop myself from stopping a student if they're like singing a they're like singing a song, and I'll like and I'll be like, oh my god, I just heard something, and it's like. I need to like I really need to tell them about this or like we need to stop and they need to sing that we need to go fix that part or something but then sometimes I'll just stop myself and be like nope let's like let them get through a whole song like just one time just let them get through it and then but then by the time they're done with that I've like thought of like seven things to say and then I kind of feel like oh my god if I don't say these seven things I I should go to jail like because I am (laughs) I'm like I'm not telling them everything I think about this but it's like yeah, they don't need to hear all. They don't need to hear every kind of thing. Like, how are they? What are they supposed to do with all of that? Like, all of yeah. those thoughts or something. Like, there's nothing to do with all of that information. It's kind of hard, though. Like, to digest. Well, to digest, but then also in my. I mean, I've only probably done two. Like, I think I have like maybe two years of like private teaching that I was doing for a while, and I would have. I had trouble, which I think would probably come with just practicing how to say what I was thinking but I would constantly find myself being like oh my god I need to wrap this up like I'm saying too much and not being clear (laughs) like but then as a student I both received like the sort of like um what do people call it like the hose like (laughs) fire hose yeah (laughs) concept and then like sometimes I would just walk out of lessons and be like, that was amazing. Like I just learned so much. And I'm sure it was probably because it was like digestible and I felt like I learned something. <laughs> and, but like as a student, you don't think about 
half of what the teacher is like juggling. Oh, totally. Yikes. I think if like I think if fifty percent of it lands or like if fifty percent of it is like somewhat interesting at all or helpful, it's like that that was like a huge win. It's, it's kind says, of like batting. It's like batting five. A batting average. Yeah. Oh my it's gosh. Like, I, I don't oh know. It, I think sometimes, like sometimes, I legitimately think like if if my student leaves this lesson with like one thing that was like helpful, like one moment or like one idea or something, it's like. That was, okay. That's good. That was like a win, yeah. you know. If yeah. I didn't like make them sad at all, that's also a win. <laughs> Charlie. Well, you what know, there's we, like the do no harm. With, there's the do no harm. Can we cry in lessons? Can I don't know. What if Charlie you said something? Really good teacher. Like even if the, your delivery was fantastic and I'm not sad, I'm just like, dang. <laughs> but you didn't hurt my feelings. It's just. I'm, I felt everything. That's fine, right? But you're talking about like making people Literally cry. Making people. Like making people sad. Yeah, not even cry. <laughs> Crying is, you know, just like cathartic. Being a bummer. If I can, if I could just not be a bummer, that'd be great. That's so um, funny. Speaking of being a bummer, so I was listening to, um, do, do you two know who uh, Jeannie Lavetri is? Have you heard that name before? Yes. I've heard the name, but I have no clue yeah. why. Is that somatic singing, belting? Oh, something I was talking about. Oh, got it. Yeah, so she's this like really famous voice teacher and she d runs like the, or she has this like method called like somatic voice work, like the okay. Jeannie Levetri somatic voice work thing. And so you can get like, you can get trained on this and be like certain levels. Like I have level one training or something out of three and like Peter Eldridge has like a level two or three or something. But, but mostly, oh most of my teachers from New York, like all studied with her. So like uh, Theo Blackman and Kate McGarry and Peter Eldridge and like you can go down like Meredith Monk, like a bunch of these people oh, wow. and like a bunch oh of God. Broadway singers and stuff have all studied with her. She's been like a really well-known and like important voice teacher, especially in New York, like since like the 80s, like since like the early 80s. Is she and so, still teaching? Yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, she's still I don't know if she's doing a lot of one on one lessons anymore, but she still yeah. like runs this thing and. Um, like a workshop so, or something yeah she has a bunch of workshops and she'll do like she does a bunch of free um like workshops online and stuff so definitely some nice. like during the pandemic i i like went to everything she did and i was like sending links out to everybody too i think i was just kind of like hey there's this free thing blah blah blah, blah. Yeah, uh, if you're bored or whatever um and i think she's really great but she they just launched this they launched a podcast too and i think they're in like third the third episode um, but this morning I was listening to the episode with Theo Blackman, which I highly recommend checking out. It's like very cool. And um, and there was a lot of interesting things there. But one of the things Theo said um, when there was a question, like a reader question or something, just kind of like, what advice would you give like young people or like what advice would you give students? And he was talking a lot about the ego and he was saying like, you know, your ego is not who you are and it's not like your music and you know you you should try to like take that out of the thing that you're doing and he said that like a lot of the students a lot of his students he feels like this sense of like their ego is like dominating everything they're doing mm. like you know like am i good is this good like um uh yeah i, I don't even yeah. I, everyone should just go listen to it or whatever but i was kind of like thinking i was like thinking about that and i i do think that 
I remember a time like pre-social media, and I do think that I was much, much less worried, especially on this, like, kind of now I feel this almost anxiety, like, minute-by-minute minute basis of, like, what am I making? Like, what are people seeing? Like, what do people think of my thing? You know, it's like, I know that there's, I like, there's people out there that are, like, listening to my music right now. I wonder if they like it or not. You know, it's like all that kind of stuff. And yeah. And I don't really remember thinking about that very much before. I think I was just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, I want to do this and I want to do this. And um, right. like, I want to make this song or, you know, whatever that thing is. Like, I think I was like much more, which is kind of going to get to one of my topics or like one of the topics from the newsletter later. But like, um, it was just kind of interesting. And this bled into a bunch of other things, like basically like singing, singing music that's like not right, like like doesn't work for our instrument or something like singing sing yeah. wanting to sing things that are too high or too low or to wanting to belt when you're maybe not a belter or to wanting to like do certain kinds of things that maybe aren't really part of your voice and i think like there's this expectation from a lot of like voice students now especially that are kind of like well i should just be able to do everything at one point he yeah. said like he said some people treat going to a voice lesson like they're going to the store and they're just like, okay, I want one of those and I want one of those. Yeah. Like, you know, I want to be able to belt. I want to be able to do runs. I want to be able to like improvise. I want to be able to do like overtone singing. I want to be able to like swing or whatever. It's like all the, you know, whatever that stuff is. And it's like, and it's like, oh no, that's not, that's not, <laughs> that is at all. Like you can't just go to someone and be like, I want to learn how to scream healthily. And it's like, oh God. Okay. I don't know. Like I, Someone did a presentation um, on that in vocal ped. Anyway, let's yeah. just moving on. It's out there. Like that stuff's out there. But um, but anyways, that that was and they talked about a bunch of stuff that was I thought really interesting. And there's another episode with Kate McGarry, which I haven't listened to uh, either. Uh, I haven't listened to yet, but um, but it's cool. They talked a lot about yeah. Meredith Monk. And I don't know how much you guys know about Meredith Monk, but yeah, just like the lineage. Yeah. Like she's, that she's like the the cat. <laughs> yeah for she, some yeah. of that stuff yeah like contemporary composition yeah. and yeah technique and all that kind of stuff yeah. so so genie was i didn't know this but i learned this in this podcast but genie was meredith monk's teacher like in like 1981 and she oh has been gosh. like since then and i was kind of like doing the math in my head and i was like wait is that like 40 years basically like that's wow. it like that is crazy um that is anyways but yeah, that was oh, that was a big download. But uh, um, what do you guys think about brain. this idea about like ego, the ego, and the? Were we, were we talking about this? <laughs> yeah, but I've never. Well, so I want to talk about what we were talking about, but I also have never really thought of it in the way that Charlie just put it, yeah. which was that like, "Am I good enough?" Yeah, <laughs> that just made me look in the mirror. <laughs> you know like because that's also ego we, yeah, we were we were thinking of ego like oh yeah i'm great i'm fantastic i can do all things i'm you know here i am like leading with that or with like um sort of like an ignorance to context or like yeah. like an entitlement where it's like well yeah. i'm really good and listen to me type vibe in all whatever all facets of the scene yeah 
I think that's but, like a that someone has a big ego. I think this is like your everyone has like your ego. Yeah, you know, like your yeah. id and your ego and all those kind of like. Those well, then we were talking like Alexandria was saying that he was talking to a friend who was saying you don't need any, any ego to. So I we were debating that, that, like whether or not you need any, because depending they, on what this, it is. But this, this person was talking about shedding. Yeah, right. They, not performing. They were, this whole conversation stemmed from like. Have you did you see the documentary The Redeem Team about like the yeah, Olympic basketball yeah, team? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and how the coach I for, what's his name Coach K or something? Yep. I didn't see this. So yeah. you have um from Duke. Yeah, you have LeBron and and Kobe Bryant, two of the best, you know, arguably two of the best basketball players in the world and probably have large egos. How do you have them both on the same team? To but he he was like he asked both he told the whole team like um bring your ego to the table because that's what makes you who you are mm. which i think is a, a d interesting way to think about ego not this something not something that is like puff out my chest like or like the anxiousness but like a comfortable like a healthy ego saying like oh yeah like i am this is who i am and this is i can do this you know i think that's like a healthy ego that reminds me of like the psychology isn't it self-efficacy like when you're five and you're like i'm gonna tie my own shoes or you're like yeah. i'm gonna pick out my own outfit like i don't know what people would say if that's like if that could also be deemed ego but it seems like yeah you do need enough to like have the confidence to like get in the car and drive or in singing, get up and do and sing yeah. and do your thing. But he they he was saying that he doesn't think there needs to be any space for ego because mm -hmm. like for him, success means continuously working on his craft and seeing it like show through. And so he he thinks that requires zero ego because like it's a continuous like effort of um, or quest of getting mm -hmm. better at a musician and human. Just interesting. I don't know. But then, so, but still, Charlie's version is different. Yeah. This is still like adding a new facet for me. Yeah. I think, like, I th and I think what Theo is talking about here is different. So I, I actually just pulled this up <laughs> just to make sure that I'm, so I'm not completely full of shit. But the, um, but so it's, you know, the, the definition, just like the broad definition is like a person's sense of self esteem or self importance. But in psychoanalysis, huh. It's the definition of ego is the part of the mind that mediates between the conscious and the unconscious and is responsible for reality testing and a sense of personal identity. Mm. So like, um, I think what Theo is kind of saying is that like, that whole thing where you're kind of like, uh, when you're doing something and you're kind of like, are other people gonna think this is good? Like, how does this fit? in the world like that when you're actually like being creative that like that will either get in the way or like will warp the thing that you make um into something that's like maybe less you or also mm -hmm. less um you know kind of like that idea of like being in a flow or something like it will get yeah, you kind of out mm -hmm. of that flow and get you thinking about like, you know, like the Kenny Werner thing is almost kind of like when you play or make music or something, you're kind of almost unconscious. Like you're, you're like perceiving it, like you're like watching it, like you're almost like watching yourself make stuff, but you're not like, you're not, your brain isn't like actively saying like, play an A flat, play a B 
flat you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. just kind of like you're playing and your your consciousness is kind of like observing it as like a as like an audience member and it's like oh that's mm-hmm. cool and i think that's kind of in some ways what theo is saying a little bit that like there are these moments that it is good to take the ego out of it, like to just mm-hmm. take that out of it. But I don't think that means like a lack of confidence. I think this is kind of mm-hmm. like a, a, an, a state, potentially a state like beyond the idea of like having confidence or something. It's like, you're already kind of doing it and you're doing it in this like flow state kind of a thing. Gotcha. So That's it doesn't really matter necessarily if you're like, um, I th- how you're feeling about yourself or something. <laughs> I think I can. I think I have like gotten to a comfy spot of per- being able to perform without my brain getting in there. But it, the confusing part to me is that then, right after, say, you perform and there's yeah. people listening to you, immediately you get flooded with feedback of like either compliments or like sometimes critique or whatever. So that's like super interesting to me because I don't. I really do think I. I can remember times of like performance without my brain involved where I was just really like in the creating yeah but then it's like paired almost always in my life right after with something some type of like yeah and so information that's that includes subjective like words like that's true good killing whatever bad out of tune (laughs) yeah yeah no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no yeah. <laughs> I, Do you, I don't know what about you. No, I feel that. I think like, I think, oh, wow, that was a long silence of, uh, um, followed by another one. <laughs> I don't know what you think. We'll wait here all I day. Think, no, no, no. Care. I think that's going to be like, regardless of any performance, like unless the only time where I've experienced like almost no feedback is when I have been in a space where I'm like, I was a side person and it wasn't like my show. And I just kind of like scurry along, you know, afterward I can like kind of hide, mm-hmm. which I like to do that. Um, mm-hmm. Which is nice, honestly, cause I can like be in my, sometimes it's not nice because I get in my own head of like, Oh, that was so bad. But if like you hear other people say, Oh yeah, that was good. Then you're like, then you can say, Oh, maybe you can kind of readjust. And not be in that sunken place of like, ah, oh, that was so, you know. That's still the, like, now I'm thinking, like, that's still the ego. Yeah. But maybe it wasn't present during the creation. I'm lost now. <laughs> Do you know what I I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I I don't know. I, like. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. no, I, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I think, like. It's kind of weird for me, honestly. I think when I'm playing and then when I'm done playing, I usually don't feel that big of a, I don't feel like a huge variance between like, oh, that sucked or like, oh, that was good. I mean, like if I mess up or something like that's like, I'm like, oh, I messed up. But even that, like even that sometimes like won't make me necessarily feel like, oh, that was bad or something, you know, because it's just kind of like, well, whatever. That was just like, that's part of it or something. I think that's healthy. (laughs) maybe but like but in my brain though i'm also kind of like oh did people hate that or did they like it but like if it was just me in the world like if i was the only human or something and i was just yeah and i was just here and i played i think i'd be like okay Okay. yeah that's like that's how i play (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) like um (laughs) that's how i feel about being alone 
writing or like among friends where it's not really nobody's making it's just about like the the spirit or essence of it rather than maybe also whatever it was yeah gotcha right i don't know anything no one does (laughs) (laughs) Um, no i think i'm same as you though charlie where i don't know yeah my brain would just be like oh they just heard that well okay dang i wish i could be like that i'm not i'm not well like i'm not saying by the way that like oh that it's all super healthy or something or like in my brain it's like always like a thing but i'm just saying like it's kind of like well if someone else says like oh that was good then i'll be like yeah it was good cool okay that's great you know and if someone (laughs) said like yeah i don't know that was maybe just not my thing or something or no one says anything then i'll be like oh god that sucked but if but without Mm -hmm. any of that like if i just if that never happened i think in my brain i would think most things were kind of the same ish you know i'd be like Mm. yeah i don't know that was that was kind of fun or i was feeling kind of sweaty or like oh that was feeling my voice was feeling nice i could like sing high and i wasn't stressed about it or something you know like yeah but other than that there's not it's Mm, kind of what it is comparing to my instrument like i do a lot of like oh that felt like this compared to that or or i notice i get i always note i notice so many things like the mucus <laughs> like dang it yeah <laughs> yeah oh, I, I that's understandable too i'm just i'm just gonna keep on can y'all keep talking because i think yeah. i'm learning a lot I'm just ima- I'm just imagining like someone walking somewhere, like listening to this on headphones, and then Amy goes, you know, it's like the mucus. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Sorry, everyone. I apologize. It's cool. Let's um. Should we, uh, Amy? Do you want to s- share what? Do you want to share sure. what, what's new for you this week? Where you been? <laughs> I was just, about? yeah. I was gonna say I was. I could stew on this for a long time. I think this is like a cool thing to think about. Yeah, I went to the Met actually the to see some art um and we kind of we kind of wung it winged it um yeah we only had an hour there um but it was i loved it everyone was making fun of me because the last art museum i went to was on a school trip a college trip to paris so everyone was like you went to paris because i was like this reminds me of the louvre which in (laughs) hindsight is like annoying but whatever i like, I guess my point in saying that was I think these, like, places that, like, just elevate art for people to, like, love is, I think it's, like, the most special thing ever. Um, and so cool. To, I just love staring at paintings and reading the history and context and, like, also, wa- like, being able to walk through it. Like, it made me wish there was something like that for music, but not visual, like actually just like a space where there you can walk through and there's like music everywhere i don't know it doesn't make a lot of sense when i say it out loud but i loved the met it was really cool i bought a sketchbook and i want to go back and draw there yes and just like sit yeah it were, it just was a reminder of another thing i can do um to kind of like fill my soul i think um Jason Moran and his wife actually are doing something like that, the musical space in um, really, in Boston at the ICA. 
Institute of Contemporary Art. Yeah, I think it's on. That's if you're sick. in Boston, the November 18th and 19th, I think. And they have like different. Yeah, Jason <gasps> Moran and Alicia Hall. She's like a great opera singer. And he's like a great pianist. That's so, so cool. You're doing something like that. Be. he's always doing that museum the museum things he like collaborates wow. with so many um artists I had like no visual idea. artists and he's like always going to different exhibits and different museums like they ask to collaborate with him all the time like sometimes he's in there playing piano like mm. with different groups or like based on us maybe it's based on a certain painting or you know or even the artists like ask him to come and like they like do something mm. together or like he's a historian too so he like oh. I don't know. he knows a lot of that stuff anyways that was a tangent no i love it i think i think there's more space for that in in music than we think we just have to find how to how to tap into it mm. i was just watching i was just uh watching the beginning of when harry met sally today like tonight oh, when I yeah. got home, and that there's a, a famous scene from that in the from that movie in the Met. <gasps> That's like the there's too much pepper on my poppycock. That that oh, thing yeah, was God. like. Um, oh yeah, and he asks her to the movies in that scene. I, this yeah. is so embarrassing. I don't think I've seen that. It has a great soundtrack. I got it. I know. I know. Uh, Very oh yeah, living in New York too. That's like a great New York movie. That's Ooh, like all set it. in New York. It's so good. It's okay. a good time of year too because there's like a. They do like a whole Christmas, New Year's thing. So it's like a good time of year to watch that. It's kind oh of almost God. like, it's like a every holiday movie. It's like a fall yeah. Christmas movie, like winter movie. Highly Love recommend. <laughs> I will say that when the lights turned off in the Met and they were kind of like shooing us out, I immediately thought of a movie because I was like, a heist. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I shouldn't even like, yikes. People are going to be like, what's she planning? As if. <laughs> But like I was it's just like, imagining, don't yell, like don't yell fire in a movie theater. Yes, don't yell no. heist in a museum. <laughs> no, I know. I was like, what? What? Like, heist. Wait, I shouldn't be talking about this <laughs> in the Met. But it was it was so beautiful. I can imagine that <laughs> you take one beep beep beep, and you're like, <laughs> you know, if there was a camera there. You're like, I just want a chance to be like the Scarlett Johansson. Like even if it's in a movie, I just want to be cast and be that girl who's like like floating down from the ceiling on a rope and be like, <laughs> like I made it oh no and then you're like running I don't know the art was beautiful Alex you want to go it's so beautiful Sorry, it made you want to have a heist <laughs> yeah yeah Alex what's what's up what are you thinking about this uh, week <laughs> um me and Amy actually both went to a show that our friend was playing in Brooklyn's at ornithology jazz club and it was fantastic um resounding yes my goodness and our friend is jocelyn prowlis he plays trombone and you rarely see like a trombonist leading like a quartet and you rarely hear a trombonist play like jocelyn plays <laughs> yeah. insane insane um and it was just so great to like have that energy like the not it wasn't like cutthroat jazz energy it was just like everyone was there to support one another and like just have a good time and listen to music and listen to good music like when do you see, i don't know i don't you rarely see like a trombonist acting in that in that um position so it's so nice to do that and like it's your friend and you really want them to like succeed and they just sound killing doing it so that was amazing 
and then stuck around and um like they're so there's like a 6 30 8 30 and then they have like a nine to midnight um set and the midnight set turns into a jam and you know new york jams are notorious for being so man why am i always here again with the friendly jam the, <laughs> the story of the friendly jam anyways this is book uh, two i'm just <laughs> like the fully yes but i'm just f- fully in support of everything it was it was so saying. nice like no one was vibing anyone like if someone started playing a tune and someone was like oh i want it like people were so excited to play no one was vibing mm-hmm. anyone like the people who played the nine to midnight set, they were also like taking a break, but they would come back in on some tunes. And I don't know, it was just good vibes. And that's so rare in this city, I feel like. In New York? Yeah, or like at least in this jazz thing, sometimes it's so hard to find mm-hmm. places that are inclusive. This place was so inclusive. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't know. And if you like you wanted to go up with your friends, you're like, hey guys, let's all go up there. Sometimes I wonder too if, See, I don't like being dark. Sometimes I wonder, though, if like the college that we went to was particularly vibey <laughs> at some times, <laughs> not always, but sometimes. But I also am like so new on this scene. That I don't know. I don't know. Because it seems like our experiences so far have been like beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And everyone. Wonderful people. Like, yeah, they were just like, oh, yeah, genuine let's musicians. Let's I jam. Love that. Let's like. Well, oh, yeah, willingness part, to be there or like want like yeah my favorite part there. there's this killing vocalist noah i don't know her last name but she's israeli and she's super cool I love the this. pianist started not playing the tune in the correct tempo and <laughs> she stopped and she said oh in the mic she said no 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 that's not the tempo i counted and she 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 puts her fingers and she goes one two one two three i was like i love this woman Anyways, and then she proceeded to sound so good. Oh, I wish I had stayed. Oh I went my home like a lame Gosh. She was, I was, ah! That's I don't even amazing. remember. I, I forgot this song. I never heard that song before. It's like, it's no one but all right. No, that's not the name of the Wait. song. It's it's no one but you. It's, um. It anyways, very good. Charlie, do you know? It's it's one. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's my it's story. nobody but friendly you. jam session. Maybe it is. It's nobody but you. I think that's the name of it. Oh. I think my favorite one is yeah, no, no, yeah, no. By the <laughs> yeah, way. No, no. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. no. It's no, that no, means no, no. Yeah, 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 buddy, but you. <laughs> nobody but you. <laughs> um. Okay, this was really fun. Let's hop into the newsletter. <laughs> oh, I talk again. Okay, so our newsletter this week was called Imagination Library. It is live now on forumusic.substack.com. Our first A worth sharing this week was Learning a New Standard, written by Alexandria. Do you want to talk to us about this? Yes. Talk to so, us. Uh, I love this. This post went kind of, it didn't go viral, but like I saw so many of our friends posting it, and I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Um, so, Shai um, Maestro, Maestro? I think it's Maestro. I don't know. Maestro. I've met him a few times, so it's been forever. 
He's Man. awesome. He's yes. great. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, he's an amazing pianist. Another Israeli person. Wow. What's going on? They're so, I don't know. But he posted his process for learning a new tune on Instagram. Uh, should I read it? Yeah, let's read it. Yeah. So there are a few steps. One, find a version where the singer is not variating the melody too much. <laughs> Snaps, preferably not preferably Nat King Cole or Sinatra if it exists. Two, read about it, where it came from. Three, listen to it five times in a row. Try to soak in as much as you can. Four, without your instrument, learn the lyrics by heart and look for your own personal connection with it. Asterisks. Well, I just added the asterisk. There's no asterisk there. <laughs> five, recite the lyrics as a story. Yes, no melody yet. Six, learn the exact parenthesis, uh, exclamation mark, close parenthesis, Melody, <laughs> when playing instrumentally, always keep the lyric in mind. Another exclamation point. Learn the harmony of the song. Analyze it. Sing it with lyrics while playing the harmony on piano or guitar. I don't know what number I'm on. Then transpose it to all 12 keys. Listen to a more modern version and learn the reharms and how the song developed through the years. Then transcribe a solo. Analyze it. Memorize it. Then leave it alone. Come back to it the next day. Repeat until it becomes second nature to you. And last but not least, play it at a gig. Heck yeah. Anyways, I think this process is so great yeah. because in school, we're like, oh, yeah, you need a chart. Yeah. So you have to learn it from the chart so that you can, you know, do the exact same thing. Nah. And it's like. And by the way, but, that's a struggle for a lot of people even. Like yeah. the amount of times I've had to like pull people's teeth to get them to like write, just write a chart or just like have something written down. About the song. <laughs> oh my God. That's also, I feel like that's also good to do, yeah. but not at, not like not to sacrifice actually learning it. Cause with this, then, you know, the changes, the form, yeah. like, you know, it rather than sort of like being like, Oh, I think it does that maybe. Yeah, and, yeah, I don't know. I like it just covered all the bases. Yeah. Like here we we've talked a lot about like especially like Amy like talked about context and like knowing where all of this comes from. Um I think it's amazing and it only adds to your personal connection with it like cuz now you're really going to know the standard. It's not like, "Oh yeah, I you know, saw it in a book and I learned it on a piece of paper and like did not develop a connection with it." Here you're doing research, you're really getting into the harmony you're checking out other versions of it. So you're really like building a, a solid connection with the tune. I sort of also feel like it validates people's like, you know how some people are like, mm, I don't really like that. Or like, I don't really want to sing that or play that. I feel like if you do the work and like understand where it comes from, then you are super informed. Then you know if it's for you or not really for you. Yeah. So there's some tunes where I'm like, mm, okay. But I try to at least give them like a fair shot, I would say, where it's like, I, you know, like really try to understand like, well, what is what is this? Like, what is this that I'm either loving or not loving? Yeah, so. I think um, I think actually Mike Moreno has a cool like little series about, you know, some jazz standards and like um, he was giving lectures at different um, colleges and I think. I forget which one, but I think one of them was like, there will never be another you. And he like goes through and he goes to the movie or musical that it's from. He like finds kind of, sometimes he finds the original 
like that's cool like, like the original sheet. song sheet yeah, oh of, i love like, that the chords and everything and he's like oh how did he kind of examines the evolution of the tune which i think is amazing as well i don't know that's also something to look into but i think this process is great it may not work for everyone like some people have a really hard time with it you know some people don't want to learn the lyrics but that's up to them <laughs> that was shade yikes yeah, that's up to you if you don't want to do it <laughs> if you don't want to really yeah yeah it. no but I th- yeah, no, yeah. no 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 <laughs> yeah no 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 no, yeah, no. <laughs> this kind of it's kind of reminds me i think it has um i think this has uh some influence from like this lenny tristano school where it's like that really is kind of like you you take like one song and you like you are really figuring it out for like a long time like you mm-hmm. in that one though like I think there's some things, especially towards the end, that that I could like that I could see someone like subbing out of some of this stuff, like mm. like the transcribe a solo thing. Like, what if you wrote a solo, you know, or what if you yeah. wrote a counterfact or something? And like, there's other things to kind of like consider that I think could be swapped out of this. Like, I don't think it's like a. I think there are a lot of great ideas here, yeah. Um, but I don't think they're 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 the only ideas too. Like, Mm. I think there are other creative things to do, but I think this is cool. The other thing that, um, the other thing this makes me think of is like kind of how, I don't know who did this, but someone along the lines in jazz education, I think really fucked up when they said, (laughs) when they Uh were like, when they were like, Oh, you need to learn like this, this year you need to learn 50 songs or something or like you need to learn a hundred songs and i think like this comes from this time where like you know um, where everyone was gigging every night or something like that and like you're going to show up and someone's going to call standard you got to be able to play it and it's like like, i don't care if you're a freshman or you're whatever like if you're a freshman bass player you're gonna you're gonna gig every night and like people are going to call weird random tunes and you have to know all the tunes you know yeah and you can't do that. You can't do this if you're going to learn 500 standards or something, you know? Um, so, like, this is a different thing. And to me, this is more of, like, what the modern, like, what actually the modern job is of being a jazz musician, where it's, like, you're going to record, like, if if you want to be a really great jazz musician and you want to do things like tour and put out albums and, like, all of that kind of stuff, play festivals, then it's kind of, like, what what's more most likely like for someone like shy maestro it's like you you know you make an album it's probably mostly original compositions but there might be a couple standards on there right there might be like two or three standards on your album then you go tour and you probably play the same like set list of like maybe 30 songs or something like chosen from a set list of like 30 songs for like you know however uh, like a couple months or something right and then you come and like do other things and it's like if you're doing that, then I think like it would make sense to say, you know, to like, oh, yeah, I'm going to spend five days of my life on one song, like on one standard or something like practicing it all day long. Basically, it's like, yeah, yeah I think that makes sense. And if you want to do that really well, it's kind of like, yeah, this this is the way to do that. Yeah. You can't do this if you're learning 50 songs a semester or even like if you're a college student and you're le- and you have to learn 10 songs a semester even on top of everything else you're doing and that's just for maybe private lessons we all know of places where hmm. you have to learn 10 songs a semester right on top of everything else you're doing for ensembles etc 
this is a lot this is a kind of a lot to ask i think like i think you could do this with a couple tunes in a semester you know yeah. but no you're right are there even I 10 weeks in a semester alexander <laughs> i don't even know <laughs> i also sort of interpreted i know it says next day but when i read this and maybe this is just because of like where i feel where all of the context of my life <laughs> that i'm adding when i'm thinking about like doing this but this also feels like a long haul where i'm kind of like okay do, like have i done like i usually do the first one cool and then it's like have i done that one? Oh, not yet okay maybe i'll do that today like that, but that's why I think it's cool that you were saying this is sort of like an idea of that where it's like you could take it and go left or right or somewhere else or whatever. But this is kind of like a collection of like, have you done this yeah. with tunes yet? Yeah. Because I because, yeah, I am like <laughs> I'm doing like the circle back these days. I'm yeah, like, let me revisit this tune. <laughs> yeah. Do I know well, it? I mean, how many how many singers sing things in all 12 keys? Yeah, that's true. Fair. I don't really know anybody that really does that. Like, I, I get that that's like an idea out there. I've never met anybody that's like, I mean, I don't, this is not my first question I'm asking them, but, <laughs> but like, I don't do this. Like, I, I, I think there, there are some tunes that I can like play in any key right now just because I know them so well. And I, I've thought about them more in function or something harmonically than I have in other things. But like, I don't, that that was that's not been a thing and i have a lot of students that like oh we're working on some standards or something they don't memorize the lyrics until like the week before juries or something or like uh. you know before their recital or whatever and so it's i'm not saying that all that's right but i'm just i'm saying that like um i'm saying that like i wish this was more of the structure of education uh. or something well i'm I was not just saying I'm not saying that like, oh, blah, 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 like this is yeah, wrong yeah. or something. I'm kind of saying like how yeah. we're doing it right now in a lot of ways is wrong, I think. Yeah. You just made me think of the fact that like now when I'm calling tunes like current day at things, like there's tunes that I know I know because I don't yeah. have to think about the lyrics at all. I'm automatically in an emotional space. I remember how it feels in like the two keys that I like to sing it in. Like, but I, I didn't. I don't know that I had that feeling in college. I really don't. I like maybe, you know, by junior year, but because I wasn't doing a ton of like revisiting, I kind of was, but not that much. Like I was always learning so many new things yeah. that I sort of would kind of just like leave stuff. And now that I'm kind of like, like I've circled back so many times by just like the thing being gigging or the thing being practicing or whatever. And it's all on my own thing now that I have like, oh, two new songs I want to learn, but I'm also like, Oh, I actually know that song now. I feel that. I think I think what actually is like helped me the most is like the last step, which is like playing it at a gig. Because hmm. there's so I, I found whenever I'm practicing a tune and I'm playing piano, I rely on the piano so much and I'm a little scared to like do acapella. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'll do like bass notes or something, but I still I think I rely too much on having the piano there. So or your I, brain is somewhere else. Yeah. In the so piano. playing it at a gig and over and over again, I think that's what you were saying, Charlie, kind of um, using the process. But I think, yeah, getting comfortable with it as much as possible. I think it's just playing it as much as possible. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is yeah, no, great, yeah. though. And like, I, I do want to kind of like, I don't know. I actually do want to like pick a 
pick a tune I don't really know and then like just kind of grind through at least a lot of these steps mm -hmm. and just kind of feel I just like when you see a list like this you just know like oh if I did that yeah that I mean I know, I know for sure I'm gonna feel good about that tune by the time yeah. I'm done you know like so, I'll feel confident so I want to practice what prevents academia from utilizing this process <laughs> is it like quality over quantity it's like that question do we want the the student to know the tune or do we want them to kind of know 70 tunes or do we want them to know 30 tunes which i think is still a lot i think no, like knowing them like knowing tunes like he's spelling out here knowing yeah, 30 tunes like that that's, like that's so much well i <laughs> to me to me the top worm in that can is I feel like if you asked, if you polled, let's just say teachers at a university level, how many of them would even know like what they think the point of everything is? Mm. I don't know. Like to me, maybe it's because like it seems that even within communities, like not everybody's on the same page about like what learning is and what's what the important parts of learning are and whatever. I don't know what. I hear you though. <laughs> Let's open <Yeah>. a school. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Let's call another it thing. Fort. Yes, foreign. Oh my gosh, school. the fo bro. Foreign comes every tour. <laughs> I always I keep bringing up my dad, but the other thing he says is a lot of times people teach the way that they were taught. That's true. That's why I'm glad I had Charlie. Boom. <laughs> yeah, which honestly, yeah, that can be. I said that kind of like tinted negatively, but that can be tinted completely positively as well which is why i always am obsessed charlie's like relax <laughs> that's why every single week on here i'm always like mentors mentors i think mentors are so special because they are yes anyway what i agree <laughs> um yeah i don't even know where to go right now but the um <laughs> i think you're, i think you're right i think that people teach the way that they were taught and i also think I think like jazz education was kind of like grafted onto like the corpse of classical music education. Uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. I know. Not to fair. say that that's dead or anything out there, but, but like, I just think it's like, um, everyone, the people who invented jazz education were, this is going to be shocking, but like not necessarily <laughs> jazz musicians, like they were kind of like, there were classical musicians mo mostly that were like interested in jazz or like open like you know open. it's like who are all these people that started all these like vocal jazz programs at all these universities were they number one jazz musicians not really i kind of like they're interested in it were they singers no <laughs> by and large <laughs> oh, wow. and so it's just kind of like it, it, and then but like those are the programs you know and they and they kind of like you know they're out they're out there kind of like propagating um these ideas which are like are like who am i to say they're right or wrong but like that's kind of where they come from and um and yeah like the the idea of juries and all these other kinds of things and the obsession with the written music versus like an, an oral sort of tradition or something like that like that you know that all comes from classical music that's pretty like western traditional that kind of thing like that all comes from that and um 
But I think the other thing that happened to, I think the other piece of this is like this whole gigging thing, which does yeah. not come from like the, you know, which does not really come from any of the gigs that I don't, at least the three of us that are on this, on this Zoom call, like really even want that much. It's like, okay, yeah, I got it. I'm going to go do this gig. I'm going to make 50 bucks. I'm going to be playing like a bunch of standards, <laughs> like for people that aren't really listening or something, you know, it's like, that's, that's in a lot of ways, like this idea of like learning 10 tunes a semester or, you know, learning a hundred tunes, like for my doctoral qualifi qualifying exam, one, for one of them, I had to have a list of a hundred songs and they oh. called oh, wow. and they just like called random songs, you know, and they could be like, what's the chord in bar four, you know, like, <gasps> like, or like, what's oh, the, like Lord. name the, like name the important recordings of this song. And, and, you know, it's like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, and it's like, well, what's that for though? Like that has no, I will never do anything like that at all. Like, I don't know. I think that's just to like haze me or something. I think that's just a hazing tactic, but, oh but, but it comes from this thing where it's like, you know, I do think it's true that if you're a gigging bass player or, or piano player or something or guitar player, like if you're like a rhythm section player in particular, like, I think it is kind of expected that like, you're going to show up, someone's going to call like, Bye Bye Blackbird in the key of F and then they're going to call Ornithology and then they're going to call 500 Miles High and then they're <laughs> going to call, you know, whatever that is. Like, I think they're just going to call tunes and like the expectation is like, you're going to be like, uh, boom, boom, boom. yeah, okay, I got that. And like, let's yeah, do yeah. it. You know what I mean? But I don't think those people like know the lyrics of the tunes. I can tell you that a lot of them don't for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. No, you're, I don't, you're I don't know the lyrics right. to all those tunes either though, so. I will but not throw this, rocks. I think so I forgot who wrote it. I think it was like Russell Hall or something. He said, like nowadays, like he uses his ears more than anything because he's like, I don't remember all of those tunes. He even said, like, yeah, sometimes I'll pull it up on iReal Pro or whatever, and he'll be like, at least I'll play like somewhat of the right changes, and then like he'll use that as like kind of a skeleton, and then like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, now I hear the movement that we're all gonna go. So. Like they kind of come, the rhythm section kind of comes to this consensus of like, oh, these are the changes we're going to use. Yeah. I think like, I mean, in, in that sense, standards kind of all kind of have the same movement, but that's just me blanketing and generalizing. But no, but uh, you, yeah, you can learn a it. Lot and, of yeah, you can kind similarity. of, it kind of like can get the basics down on like the bandstand. Like if someone yeah. called the theme, like you will be able to recite the the melody back uh, after like hearing it for a chorus. Well, that I like that. I think people are really afraid of that, though. Too. Yeah, people are afraid of like th that. There's ego again. Is this good enough? Like they don't want to take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do think like all of that is cool and it kind of, again, yeah, it just depends on like the context or something or like what the, like what the What's job happening? is, you know, yeah, like what, yeah, what yeah. you decided the rules of the game are. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're touring with like an album you've made and stuff, that's pretty different. And, but even, in, even then, if you're playing with people that are like into that kind of thing and you're into that kind of thing, then you. Are like yeah let's do this tune i kind of know it or whatever it doesn't really matter that i know it actually matter all that matters is like it's an opportunity for us to like play and listen to each other i think that's like i don't know 
I keep on talking about Wayne, but that was Wayne's big thing. Like he'll be like, oh yeah, maybe we'll play um, Footprints. And then he'll play like the first three notes. And he was like, oh yeah, that was Footprints. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I call that Footprints. I always think about that too, though, is like these giants are just like they're artists themselves. And then I think some people get so caught up in pedestaling them. That they're like, how can I be Wayne? And Wayne's like, I'm Wayne. What's up? <laughs> Maybe, sorry, that might disrespectful. I'm Wayne. Hey. All due respect. How are you? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Wayne's like, no, no, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we're like, oh my God, how do we how did he say it like that? <laughs> well, but we the, lose so, sight of. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The, well, there's the thing in like the um the like the second great uh, Miles Davis quintet or whatever where they they have like the they play um the My Funny Valentine thing, and it's like literally every time every chorus like Herbie Hancock and um uh oh my God who's playing bass on that um is it Ron? It's Ron Carter. Yeah, yeah, Ron Carter. So that like was Herbie Alex. And Ron... That wasn't me. That was Alex. Okay. So, so like Her- Herbie and Ron Carter on that are like playing different changes every chorus, like through My Funny Valentine. Like there's like a whole crazy matrix of stuff Bad they're going ass. through, and they're never playing the same chord changes. And it's like, <laughs> and it's like, what are the real chord changes then for that song? You know, like wh- what of that am I supposed to memorize? Like there's oh, like God. forty variations just in this like one recording. Um, and they're all cool or whatever, but that, you know, I, I think, um, I think that's so cool. Yeah. It's like, and then like in contrast to that, in this like shy maestro list, right. It's like, that actually feels, I I don't know. It's kind of complicated. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, how do you go, how do you go so deep into something, but like stay open you know like not get yeah not get like overwhelmed with so much information or just know something so well that you're like it's this is what well that's oh my god that's such a major challenge wow that's in life too though like i don't know we've probably alex and i feel like we'll have these like two hour conversations (laughs) about everything but like as you get older you get more um crystalline intelligence that's harder to like shake and then i've noticed like the more expert somebody feels in something the more uh maybe likely they are to not be open-minded even if they want to be but i feel like that's the same thing where it's like maybe maybe a goal that i could see myself wanting to be is like know a lot about things but still be open to what somebody's saying to me and like still assume i might be wrong that's okay. So this is uh, this reminds it's me of like hard, freshman year English. I had this professor Ben. That was his name, Professor Ben. <laughs> and every class he started off with, um, you must be open to the possibility of being wrong hmm. in order for this dialogue to occur. I thought that was such a cool thing. Yeah, I, I like think, that. So like the, always remaining keeping that same perspective. Like yeah, I'm open to the idea of okay, maybe I'm not right. Maybe this is not the melody. Oh. I never seen the Maybe melody. Maybe this right is on not LBC my beautiful house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um should, yeah, no, should yeah. we I think we could like we yeah. could probably um God, explore could. this idea <laughs> and, until for uh for like two parts of a podcast. But let's let's hop on to our next A, which is Dolly Parton gets one hundred million dollars from Jeff oh. Bezos. 
yeah. to spend on charity. What's this about, Amy? Well, I realized when we started recording this, I was like, I don't know a lot about Jeff Bezos. I didn't think he was generous. <laughs> That's so bad of me, but whatever. Anyways, but so this was great news to me. I was like, cool, because I always think about how super duper duper rich people I'm like they could be doing so many things I know many people do so that's amazing but this is cool I think to uh you know award someone like Dolly Parton that much bread I'm like that's incredible like somebody like Dolly Parton has such a an important perspective I think mm-hmm. um and just has I assume like a lot of wisdom um, at least just kind of like looking at, at even just her professional career. Um, so the, the two things I liked about this were one, I mean, this was a project that she did separate from this award that she got, but she has a project called the imagination library, um, which is sending its 200 millionth free book to young children in five countries. That's like beyond (laughs) incredible it's like prioritizing education encouraging reading all these things like elevating our the young people and then this particular award is called the courage and civility award which i couldn't find a ton of info on necessarily like there to my knowledge there wasn't like a um like a ted talk on what that was (laughs) or like a long article but it seems like recipients of this this award that Jeff Bezos gives out get 10 years to disperse the money. Um, and it, it seems like it's really new. So it started in 2021. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just like read this sentence that is in the newsletter that I think was sort of my point of it all was that when artists become established, um, like Parton has, they become public figures who may have a heightened responsibility to do good and make change generosity can go a long, long way. I really believe that. Um, not, not in terms of the fact that an artist who has a platform quote unquote is in charge of sort of like knowing about everything. Cause that's really hard and they are human as well, but just like the idea of using your platform or using your, your sort of like spot (laughs) on this earth (laughs) for good. If you, if you have the the blessing to influence so many people I think in a deep fantastic. way yeah there are like two ways to go about that they're like people who give their i think dolly is so great because like she under she come like her background in general and her story and how much she had to you know fight to get to where she is i think that's also a part of like wow Bezos. i guess i don't know if he knew this but she's like a cultural icon because she's literally like the rags to riches story and she was a woman mm-hmm. in the country music industry, which was like heavily male dominated and heavily, you know, misogynistic. Anyways, a writer. Ugh. Yeah, such a good songwriter. I think that's like another layer. She's a heavy. It. And then she's like, I don't know. So I and and I like that. Um, I, I forgot what I was saying, but I said there are two ways. So like giving it, I think like giving it to the right person mm. is like. Dolly, I think everyone still relates to her and like like education is always a great topic of giving. But then like are also like artists like LeBron, he was like trying to speak up about 
I forgot what he was trying to speak up about, but he then gave his platform to somebody else. Oh, I saw that. You know, he was like, I, he like was like, that was humble of him. He was like, I don't know much about this, but this person does. That. Here's this. Here's what how they do it. So I'm interested yeah. to see how like Dolly will like use her platform. Like I'm sure she'll use it in Imagination Library, but like also maybe giving a platform to the students that learn from it. And that's cool. You know, all that stuff. So that should be, I would be very interested in seeing how she does that. But I think Dolly's like such a, I'm in love with her. There's also a podcast about Dolly. I did not. If you should check it out about (gasps) her life and like the songs she writes. Dolly. This kind of reminds me a little bit of like the no name, what we talked about no names, um, like book club. Like, um, just like finding something that you can, I mean, I think in particular, like once you kind of, especially when you like build an audience, but I think, I think it can be just like part of this too. Like, I don't think, I don't think we need to wait until like we wait until we're like a Dolly Parton or something to kind of like find these kind of causes. I think they like, um, like having something that's important to us and like having that be, uh, not just like the be, like financial beneficiary of it or like the or bringing awareness to something but like you know having it be like interwoven the things we care about in the world like having that be interwoven into like kind of everything we do in our wow, music yeah. and our teaching and all that kind of stuff you know yeah um but dolly parton's a great she's a great spokesman for pretty much anything <laughs> like, yeah. yeah um i think she also recently announced she's retiring Huh? I think Dolly. I didn't see that. I, I did see. I don't, but well, no, the- I. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know about her retiring. I didn't mean that. I didn't believe you. I meant. I, don't know I feel like she'd that. be the type. No, she'd be the type <laughs> to come back and be like, "Just kidding." <laughs> yeah, like everyone else. You mean like all of these? Are, <laughs> yeah. Like this is our farewell tour, our fourth one. <laughs> like, right. We'll see you next year for our fifth <laughs> farewell tour. This is but, it. Um, we swear. We promise. You know, unless we are still alive in a year, and then. <laughs> Just keep an eye out. Stay, <laughs> stay. Just keep on that Ticketmaster website. Just keep refreshing. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Soon, no, Charlie, no, no. Yeah. We can't soon. go there. That's like too. No, that's, that's... a thing. But Jeff Bezos Let's did just recently say that he plans on giving away all of his money at, at like over the course of his lifetime. Like he plans really? on really. Yeah. Like he. Why he did I think he was such an ogre? Well, he because because he kind of is. I I think he. Oh. I, I don't know. I think that's the general <laughs> consent. Like that's the general feeling about Jeff Bezos. Kind of an ogre. <laughs> that's well put. Just because he has so much money. Yeah, but I think like, but I mean, like Bill Gates is problematic mm-hmm. to you. Like Bill Gates was like everyone hated. Everyone like thought Bill Gates was a jerk, and then it was like, oh no, Bill Gates is great, and then now he's kind of a jerk again because he gives stuff with his wife. But like, um, but he's giving away all of his money. Uh, there are other other people kind of in that crew but bezos has like recently said he's going to do that but this is actually a really good trend can i transition into the next a because i think this is actually a really good transition so the um the the eighth our third a this week was titled working in darkness and um this is kind of related along the same line so there's um there's uh this also brings up another billionaire (laughs) because (laughs) what hell um, because uh, basically, so it's been a rough time on social media, especially the last like week or two, mostly on Twitter because of Elon Musk, like purchase of Twitter going through. So it's been like chaos on Twitter, just like, oh and I think it's really probably, 
I, you two aren't on Twitter, right? Like you don't do literally Twitter. somebody asked me this last night too. And I logged into my Twitter. It's all like, I wish I was Charlie, I but I just am not. I have like it's okay. 200 this followers and posts from high school. Hey. <laughs> Stream my debut. Like, Oh God. Mine isn't even that. It's like economics class. <laughs> You're like upset about economics class. Mr. Yeah. Case. I think that could I be, wish I think I that's, was, it could be a comeback. I don't know if right now is a great time to come back to Twitter. If you've not, been, unless you want to just like watch the <laughs> slow <laughs> car crash that's happening. Um, <laughs> but, any, but anyways, uh, so, um, there, there was a post that I'm going to get to that kind of like, that's where this comes from. But the, the other context of this, so it's like Twitter is like on fire. Other, like a lot of other problematic things are happening in social media. So like Facebook is like losing a ton of money. Like everything is like, uh, there's a lot of concerns with TikTok and like the Chinese government. There's all these kind of, kind of things. And like a lot of, a lot of, um, creators, I think are kind of like, well, what, what do we do? We've kind of been, this has kind of been the, uh, the center of like most of our artistic lives, at least in the, in the publicizing of our music or like getting our music out there to like having people like listen to it. So like, what do we do? And there's this like conventional wisdom, I think kind of in the modern age, this idea of like, show your work. There's this book by Austin clean. I have it here. I'm just going to reach and grab it. Yes. dead time on the podcast but there's this book called show your work by austin cleon which we've kind of talked about before so this is the author of uh, steal like an artist and he has another book called keep going mm. but this show your work book it kind of like it says a lot of different kinds of things but um there's like main main bullet points of of show your work are you don't have to be a genius think process not product share something small every day Open up your cabinet of curiosities, tell good stories, teach what you know, don't turn into human spam, learn to take a punch, sell out, and then stick around. Those are like the 10 chapters of this book. I love that. And um, there's a lot of really cool stuff here, but like one of the chap, one, like the third chap, the third point of this is share something small every day. And so there's this kind of idea that it's like, we should be kind of like, like con like to share something every day, even if it's something small, like that's exhaust. Like I've tried that. That's exhausting. Even if it's like one photo on Instagram every day, every day. Yeah. It's hard. Like I'm like, Oh, like that. That's a lot. Especially like if you're trying to have it say anything, you know, and not just mm -hmm. be like, here's a picture of my feet or something. Yeah. Um, but maybe that does say something. I don't know. I'm not throwing shade. But anyway, so in contrast to those ideas, which I think have been kind of at least like my conventional wisdom, like, oh, I should be kind of like, I should be putting myself out there, not just when it's something I feel like is done, but like in process, I should be putting myself mm -hmm. out there and kind of like expressing all that kind of stuff in a public way. There's this, um, there's this writer that I that I um, subscribe to on Substack called um, his name is L M Sakakis Sakasis. I've never said it out loud. This podcast is like a huge um, <laughs> thing for me where I've like only read words before, and then now it's like <laughs> I need to say them out loud. And That's like, such a thing. Yeah. So L M Sakasis, I think, is what it is. But he writes this um, writes this Substack called the Convivial. I'm the worst. I literally am thinking Sakasis. So, um, so he writes this uh, subset called the Convivial Society, and the new newsletter. This newsletter ex 
explores the relationships between technology and society. Mm. And so it's like really up my alley. It's like all the nerdy stuff that I like. But he wrote this uh, essay a few days ago called Antivirals. And basically it's on the pitfalls of creating in the public sphere and the benefits of more private working spaces. So he says that by doing just about anything without the expectation that other people will know about it combats, quote, the effects of the attention economy powered by the promise or threat of virality, end quote. Yeah. Wow. It does this by corrupting the influence, the quote, influence of social media's reward mechanisms. And then he goes on to he goes on to quote um, Hannah Arendt, who says, everything that lives, not just vegetative life alone, emerges from darkness. And however strong its natural tendency to thrust itself into the light, it nevertheless needs the security of darkness to grow at all. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, and like in the other things he was talking about in this article were, were kind of like these like random acts of generosity where like nobody knows about it. Like you don't ever tell anybody that you did it. You just like do a thing where it's like whether you donate money, you give someone something, you help someone across the street, whatever that is. And like you just never say anything to anybody about it. And and how like this is actually like a this can like fill your cup up or like make you a, a happier person, not just a better person, but kind of like also a happier person. So um, so he makes a case for what's called a life committed to secret acts of generosity. It is time, he says, to allow ourselves a respite, a respite from public light to rediscover the pleasures that attend practices and deeds done for their own sake. But anyways, there's a lot here that was just like, I was like, oh my God. And like, yeah. um, part of it felt like it was giving me permission a little bit to like, just make stuff again. I haven't, I can't, I don't remember when that last time I did that was, but I think it was like, I think it was like when I was an undergrad where like the last time I like made something that wasn't like for something mm, like that yeah. wasn't like, oh, okay, I have to put this on an album or like, I need to share this on social media or this needs to go into this like book I'm writing or whatever that that is, or this has to be a part of my class. Um, it's been forever that I've just like made something that was just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to make this like silly little thing. What's it for? It's not really for anything. Okay. Well, like what's next, you know, like yeah. I almost never do that anymore. And that was so fun and cool and good for me when yeah. I was doing that. And that's when I got better really fast, by the way. <laughs> um, Literally. I don't know if it's related, but it might be. So anyways, uh, so any, not, I, yes. sorry, I just gave like a lecture about this, but oh there God. was kind of like a lot, uh, his, by the way, his writing is like quite dense because he's like a kind of a philosopher. So it's like, it's not necessarily always like, I read a lot of his, the stuff he writes and I'm like, that seems really smart. I don't really know what he's talking about. And like, <laughs> I have to like reread it three times or I just have to be like, well, maybe that's not really for me or something like that. That's just not for me. Um, but any any ideas about or any anything that this made either of you think of? Yeah. Do you want to go first, Alex? I think. Yeah, so much of what we do is we do it for like gratification or validation, or even when we were kids. Whenever you had to do community service, you would get like a cert, you know, a certificate of participation rather than just like you know. Like, yeah that just being able to sit with that feeling of like, yeah, we just fed the homeless or houseless. Sorry. I don't like homeless houseless, you know, like 
that that should be the reward in itself like you did a good deed for another human and there's nothing you expect nothing in return you're like dang yeah we just helped somebody you know but now i have to get the certificate of participation which i think is like a conditioning thing on our end but i that's just something i thought about and then also this idea i've been talking about it with amy <laughs> we talk a no lot way. but we do <laughs> moving moving in silence uh. like you can like yeah you can post the journey maybe like i post like three notes of maybe a tune i'm writing or whatever and then yeah another three notes but then like it turns into like a whole album or like oh yeah while i was also writing these three notes i was also touring in europe with insert artist name that you like to play with you know i think that's like a beautiful thing like like you can there can be things happening in your life you know consistently but you can like kind of choose which things that you kind of want to share and like those things that you can move in silence with those things that you can I think like this is the the idea of like having it in the public light and then also maybe I'm misunderstanding but like having stuff that's in the public light but also things that are in darkness so that you can like really get on the get into the you know weeds of it and be like oh yeah like this is something for just for me to have and for for it to do and I don't have to really share it I can just move in silence and then when you hear the album you're like wow that's what they were doing and then it's like this cool little thing and that prioritizes the the being of it and the doing of it rather than hey look what i did because yeah. that came up for us when i was just kind of like angsty about like why is everybody like <laughs> why won't people stay in their lanes and man alex was like Move in silence, bro. Like, <laughs> like, but it was such, it's like such good advice for me though, because man, the amount of time that I spend upset by the way other people are acting, it's like if I have such an idea of how I want to be or how I think I am, then why am I not just like amming or being or like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like that's yeah. so much more powerful because. Because think of like how much that's some, something someone else said to me is like, think about how much energy you can spend on being upset by somebody else being dumb. Like literally, if I think it's dumb, then why am I not just moving in silence? But also I love I want to read I want to kind of just like sit with what you've put in this newsletter, though, because. Because I think a lot of times. I'll just speak for myself. I'm like, okay, I moved to New York. What's something I could do? Oh, I could post a TikTok every day. I don't really want to do that. I don't like, I don't know. I, okay, I could like, so then I'm thinking like, what would I post? And I'm, I'm like thinking about what you're saying, like these small things, but it's also like, I, I don't think it's a recipe for happiness. I do think it's a lot of why sometimes I'm dark is because it's like not a natural thing to like sit somewhere in a reality and be somewhere else and your brain thinks it's real but it's not you know it's like amy posted not to bring this up but amy posted a song on instagram <laughs> that's really good that talks about this anyways oh god go back Thanks. this is like so anti what we're talking about also well i pro amy link in our bio <laughs> lol 
<laughs> well, it's yeah, it's bizarre that I posted it, but whatever. I, it was ca- I called it fabricated reality because that's really what I think it is. It's like especially after the re- the realm of social media that was very posed and you didn't know anything. Now, like people who ah, and I talk about this all the time with TikToks too, where you see people go viral and you it goes viral because of how genuine and beautiful, like just pure they are as a human. And then you see them making videos after that, and it, and it's different because they know people are watching them. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, so that yeah, you, it's making me think about it because in some ways, as a twenty two year old, I'm like I need to be on the grind. Like everybody's posting, that's the way I'm going to be successful. Like, is posting a TikTok every day so people like know who I am, and then maybe they'll care about what my art is. But that's always been my struggle is I just have always felt like social media isn't the place for art. Like it doesn't that something doesn't add up and it makes me feel yucky to like. Like, I don't know, there's something deeper. And then I think getting caught in trying to make social media the big picture and art in the middle of it is like really, really wrong. Yeah. Yeah. This idea of like kind of what would you do if if like you knew no one was like listening or watching or something like that Mm, that's kind of like this darkness thing you know like oh it was good before you knew everyone was watching you and then it became like self-conscious or it became this kind of like plastic thing or something i like i think about too how much i will think about that idea like oh i should make a post or something like i should make a little video of me playing for like instagram and it's like i'm not actually making my music or something i'm like making something that like fits very that will like fit in that like box you know and like i don't i don't that's not what i want to make and like that's not what i'm making naturally and it's like oh it's like a lot of work and i spend that much time and i'm like that doesn't really look professional i need to do that again or like that wasn't nice or like i had to make this caption and then it's like and then I'm Lighting. so linked to like how many people liked it or whatever the reaction to it was or something like that. And it's like, and I'm like, well, that's not even, I didn't even want to make that. And you didn't even really like that. And like, oh, what is how That was dumb. Like, <laughs> oh why gosh, did I do that? Cycle. You know? Can and it's I kind of like, something? why wasn't I just making, a, why wasn't or, I just writing yeah. a song I liked? Or why, or, why wasn't yeah, I just like, like working on a recording that would actually be the kind of thing I'd want to hear? Um. And yeah. it's because I felt because pre- I I don't so much right now. I'm kind of like I'm in this spot where I don't feel like I want to do that. But it's like I was feeling a lot of pressure for quite a long time to like do that, you know, to like well I have to do that. And then it's like I look back at that time, and if I just spent that, I would have much rather been doing other things. And if I had spent that time doing other things, I think it would have been better for me now. Like I mm-hmm. that content or whatever that creation thing I would have made in that time that wasn't on Instagram or whatever that would have been better for me for my career, you know, but it was like, Oh, I need to, I need to show this video of me playing to my friends that already know how I play and have already kind of like made up their decision, their mind about what I sound like, you know, it's like, it's I don't, you know, it seems kind of so silly to me, but there's like this little tiny possibility. There's like a one in a million chance that like Tom York is going to see it and be like, Charlie, you need to come on tour and open up for Radiohead. 
on this like on this whatever and it's like okay maybe i need to do maybe tom york will hear this because it's worked really for like people it. that's what we were talking about <laughs> we talk about so many things I know. but like nowadays it's like oh yeah if you're viral on social media like you're kind of it it's no longer like oh you were brought up through like the school of blakey so you were brought on the like blakey or how to- do you sound yeah <laughs> It's like, oh, are you verified? Cool. Yeah. Killing. It's like, yeah. you know, you were brought up in the school of like an artist and like getting to know your, like getting to know that artist and how they work, how you lead a band, how you do all these things. And nowadays it's like we bypass that. It's like, oh yeah, I need to make all these um TikToks and go viral. And then I'll be able to get the opportunities, which I think is just so backwards. Like, yeah. Yeah. My dad quotes somebody that about depth, like depth being more important than width or what is the word breadth. for breadth? There it is. Yeah. Not width. <laughs> yeah. Like the goal, maybe, maybe the goal is that it's like a lot of breadth and a lot of depth, but maybe that depth is more important mm-hmm. in terms of this idea of like happiness, fulfillment, healthfulness in the brain, like feeling good about things. I don't yeah. know. I think just like a lot of the times it's like whatever, like the big, like rich corporation is telling you you should do like <laughs> maybe that's what's best for them and that maybe that's what's best for you there's a lot of things there's a lot to say here i actually kind of want to do a whole series about like uh, musicians and like how we deal with social media and like the, inter- the that. internet that we're in and like just kind of like explore a lot of these questions because i think there's just like a lot to suss out and i do think there's a lot of opinions and i do think that there are there are like a positive arguments for like why people should be active in social media spaces or yeah. whatever that is. But I, there's good for sure. But to me, I'm feeling much more, I'm feeling we were coming from a place a few years ago where it's like, you have to, you know, you have to have a strong this, you have to, that. and I think like much more now it's like a nuanced conversation from a lot of different voices where they're like, yeah, I don't know. I think it's complicated. You know, it's like kind of more of that. <laughs> it's kind of more of that kind of vibe. Yeah. Um. So more more soon on that. Let's talk about new music this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I'll kick it off. We had uh Jeff Parker, who's a guitar player, who I don't know too too much of. I know a little bit of this group Tortoise that he plays with, but um, but there's a new live album called Mondays on the Mondays at the Enfield Tennis Academy. It's like this supposed to be this like little club in L.A., but um, but it's kind of jam bandy kind of not necessarily free i think it's like more kind of in than that but mm-hmm. um but it's on band it's only on Bandcamp. i think like i looked for it on other on streaming stuff i don't i don't think it's on there but it's on Bandcamp, and and um i think it's like four or five like full sets is like what this album is basically of oh, them nice. playing and it's it's quite cool and quite good and it's gotten really good reviews so um yeah, this website Aquarium Drunkard, which I don't know of, but they write a lot. <laughs> they do a lot of like reviews and interviews of like this kind of music. That's kind of like a little bit more of jam bandy stuff. And they're totally reparable. I looked them up. But the, they said it's an uncommonly intimate live recording. The players seem to be extremely at ease in this small club setting. And um, yeah, I listened to it a little bit this week. I thought it was really cool. And I don't know much about him, but then I went back and listened to he has some really highly regarded and very cool like solo guitar um albums the most recent one i think was out in 2019 so those are those are cool kind of things to check out if if you're into guitar playing um and then the next one was i like i'm terrified of saying this name out loud 
What's A O I F E? How, how do you say it's that? Irish. No Owl. thoughts. Oif. I. I. Owife. Owife. I. It looks like Owife. 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 or something. Oh, no. Should I just look like look this up? Yeah, probably. Yeah. A O I F E. Before we say pronunciation, it, it says Efa. Efa. Glad. Goodness gracious. Efa. That's what Google is telling me right now. I don't know. Hey, Google. Uh, well, it's a myth. This says it's a mythological character. But oh. um, anyways, Aoife is what uh, Aoife Nessa Francis, Frances, um, an Irish singer-songwriter. This is her second album uh, called Protector. It came out this week. Pitchfork gave it a seven and a half, saying inspired by the rugged yet serene beauty of Ireland's West Coast, the singer-songwriter's tranquil, psychic folk explores communion with nature, family, and ourselves. This could not be more up my alley. This is like totally my <laughs> this is totally my vibe. <laughs> I want to go to Ireland and I just want to like sit and like yes. stare at the ocean. Um so yeah, I, I listened to this a little bit over the weekend. I think it's very cool. I think it's very cool and like worth checking out. So yes. two recommendations of things I don't really know a lot about, but I think are cool and they're new. So Ooh, something to check out. And, and then, then we had uh something from yeah, WizKid. Yeah. Um Afrobeat is huge now. Everyone's doing Afrobeat. <laughs> But um, this guy, Wizkid, he's a Nigerian Afrobeat star. He released his fifth studio album, More Love, Less Ego. Whoa. Wow. Love that. On we have so much 11th. synergy. There's so much synergy on this pod tonight. So it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, that leads into the next thing. Literally. <laughs> released it on 11-11, which I think is a very mm-hmm. lucky day. I've been seeing that a lot, 11-11. And that was 22, too. Does that matter? I don't know. That's math. I think it's cool. I think it's yeah. cool when it's like, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 11 okay. plus 11. Do you know what that is? 2022. <laughs> and, and from this website, in me, they said the 13 track record sees the 32 year old, so young, continue to exhibit <laughs> his melodic genre built blending prowess. It's refreshing to see a trailblazer like Wizkid adapt his sound to pay homage to the current pop sounds of the African continent. Love that. So he's there technically mm. saying he's not a sellout. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let me just translate this for you. He didn't, he didn't <laughs> fall, fall victim to the American pop ways. Well, I also like that you said so young because, yes, I think people are so, they're like, you're not 17 and plastered all over everything famous ever failure like <laughs> i just think lifelong pursuits are are admirable that's what i want to be about and it's his fifth stu- so as a 32 year old that's like he's been doing it for a while and he just i think he just started getting into like the american scene like maybe mm. last year when him and this other afrobeat artist uh tim's i think they had like a nice song together that also went tiktok viral unfortunately ah uh-huh. why unfortunately good for them yeah good speaking for of people i've been doing speaking of people are doing for a while have you seen this new Lindsay lohan christmas movie we've been trying <laughs> stop i watched it wait no i know sorry i know i'm sorry we'll watch it again <laughs> No, we will. It is. I'm sorry. So bad, but it's like funny Stop, and it's weird. So good. You like it? No, it's listen. There's things that are so bad they're good. I thought. Is it better or worse than the new uh, Hocus Pocus two? Was it better or worse than that? <laughs> 
it to me it gave me totally similar energies except it wasn't like su- like you, it wasn't if they had a surprise sung, musical or something like if they had sung it would have been worse well she does actually sing in it and she's so awkward she she's does. like they're like singing she's like ah, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> and like her boyfriend or whoever is like oh my god you suck yeah. <laughs> she's like <laughs> Alex, oh, i'm sorry but this is like a whole plot point you? yes we'll watch it do you We're... forgive me it is of a, course i think it's funny that it's a whole plot point i just love the movies like that because i like can Hallmark? sit in my bed yes and they're, oh so, bad. Yeah, they're so yeah. bad and you're just like that's christmas not real prince life. christmas yes. prince four <laughs> <laughs> Christmas I Prince think that's like probably my guilty pleasure. Like if space. I had to pick one, <laughs> goes to <Yeah>. space. <laughs> Christmas they're always, Prince. They're always Mars. right on the edge of being like a little like like space cadet where it's like, where is this going? Like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> is everyone okay? Like Definitely who was the director of five year old? Lohan is like every is like is, is everyone thinks she's okay. Also, I yeah, think I there was so we did like a slow motion check on this. I think she has a stunt double at the end of the movie to like kiss the guy. I don't okay, think it that's didn't look her like kiss- her at all, did it? I don't think that's her kissing him. I think that's like a stunt double, which is like so random. So bizarre. They, she has stunt doubles at like weird times in this movie. There's like one time where she just kind of like falls in the snow and it's like obviously a stunt double. And then it's just like, and she's like, Oh, I'm in the snow and I was like you couldn't do that like or like you know I don't know it's just like it's like hilarious like but then I think like they the last kiss is like a stunt double because they do like a hard cut and, and it's it the same like angle her. they don't no, like change spoiler the angle alerts spoiler alerts <laughs> sorry in the sorry in the romantic <laughs> Christmas <laughs> movie <laughs> they kiss <laughs> <laughs> this is like I'll do a I'll do like we'll a do thing a in the beginning of this episode and I'll be like, if Disclaimer. you are interested at all in yeah. having no spoilers <laughs> for the Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie, skip from uh, from the 115 minutes to 117 minutes. Everyone's joining me. Okay, that's not our extra credit though this week. Our extra credit was making stuff happen. There's a Steve Jobs quote that is, most people never pick up the phone and call. And that's what separates sometimes the people who do things from the people who just dream about them. This is me just like dropping a a bomb at the end of the thing. I don't know if you guys are, are you Steve uh, Jobs fans at all? Or do you know anything about him? Um... that seems like a no not so, really not particularly <laughs> but like but you know i'm down you know what i'm saying i'm like okay yeah. i i had like i was like a he was like a hero of mine and then i kind of like learned a little bit more about him and then i i see him much more as like the kind of complicated flaw human that i think is probably mm. slightly closer to the truth than the than the genius that invented apple computers and the iphone and all that kind of stuff but i think mm. he did do a lot of great stuff but and smart stuff but i also think he was kind of complicated but this was my this was my i like the this quote week. though i yeah, like that's it a good quote. i i think yeah. it's like pretty real too that <laughs> something i'm working on <laughs> both in both like calling people and being intentional like i know that's not what he's talking about but like being very intentional about like uh just what's up in my life like what's happening but then also like in terms of connection but then also in terms of like making stuff happen it's like that's that's it right there yeah it is hard and it is true that i think like i think a vast majority of people out in the world like just will not do the thing 
like yeah, i think like sure. that like they're like oh yeah i want to do this that would be cool to do that someday and they just never do like they never pull the lever like whatever that is and um i've been thinking about this a lot too like particularly with my students like i would it would just make my life so much better if some of my like most of my students were a little bit more consistent with like what they do you know it just mm -hmm. and and i feel this too just in my life like it's just like it is hard like you're trying to collaborate with someone you're working a thing out and then you and then they just kind of like um you know i've had this like working on recording projects and stuff where it's just kind of like man if you could just like if you could just throw me a bone here like if you could just like call me back or like if yeah. you could just like look at this thing i sent you like that would just make every, like I'm already kind of like completely out on a limb here, <laughs> like you know, just like trying to do this thing when it's hard yeah. to do a thing. And um, so, but yeah, I think like that that's that's how at least for me in my life, it's kind of like, hey, who are the people that call you back? Who are the people that like will do the thing they say they're gonna do and all that kind Follow of stuff? Through. I think yeah. I think this is like the number one thing in my life. This is like where I get. I will get the most upset. I'm sorry that this is like a therapy session all of a sudden oh, right here. I love end. it. I was about but, to say that earlier about me, so it's fine. But um, okay. But but like this idea of like saying you're going to do okay. something and then not doing it, like yeah. if that happens, even with like the dumbest stuff, even if it's like, even if my fiance is like, we're gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna have tacos tonight, <laughs> and then it's like, and then it's like we don't have tacos, we have something else. I'm like. Maybe this what? is just my inability to be flexible <laughs> or something with life. No, but no, it's just no. kind of like if someone says like, "Oh yeah, we're going to do this on Friday," and then it's like, "Oh, you know, I don't really think uh, blah blah blah." You know, and I'm just like, "Yeah, yeah. Ah! you know, like it, <laughs> yeah, yeah." It's one thing to say like, "Oh, could we do it a different day?" Right. That's a totally different thing. Like it's it's just different to be like, and then just not do it. Yeah. <laughs> like I was teasing this student because like. Uh, we've been like working on a thing for a while and I keep being like, you need to practice this. And then, and then like after a couple, after a couple of weeks, he was like, okay, I'm going to do that for next week for sure. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to write it in your lesson notes that you guarantee that you're going <laughs> to do this. So I was like, I guaranteed he's going to learn this song. And then it came back this next week and the next week and he hadn't done it. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I know I promised it. And I was like, no, you didn't just, you didn't just promise it you guaranteed it oh, <laughs> it's like, wow. it is here in the thing and it was like and then the next week he did it finally but it was like um Pulling tooth and nail. i don't know where i'm going with this but it is hard it's hard that. to get people to I do stuff they say they're gonna do i felt like come to class on time oh 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 don't be an hour and 10 minutes late to class maybe some of that <laughs> is like is getting rid of the there's so much trying to distract us from like things that are important that I think like really, really, really being honest with yourself about what's important to you. Yeah. And then being transparent about it can maybe that's a thing. This is true. Not on the, you know, on the side of like not doing it, I guess. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You make a good point for not doing stuff, which I'm no. also, I'm no. also kind of a fan of. Like I like also not doing stuff. It's Thanksgiving weekend break next or thanksgiving week break next week i'm so excited to not do stuff i'm so excited oh, yeah. to not pick up the phone and try to get people to do stuff um no but i think people would be better at picking up the phone if they figured out what was important to them. what was yeah i totally Sorry, hear that. I took over your um no you mumbo no your spotlight. gumbo no 
<laughs> Amy, would you like to maybe pick up the phone and read us out for this uh, this episode? To. My pet peeve is that it, when people do this, no, it will always be. Uh, this is or when they don't talk into the microphone on a podcast. Exposed. <laughs> so same. No, when people hold their hands flat instead of like an old phone. Let's always keep my an old phone. You should call me on my cell phone. But, but even Drake does a. Oh, um, even Drake, our our hero. <laughs> I love honest well, Charlie. Don't, like, don't you hold the you hold the fan like that? The hold the phone like that, right? That's who actually fair. Who holds no, the no, phone no, like no. that? This is imitating an iPhone. The flat hand is imitating an iPhone, and the and no, but you are the phone. Your hand is the phone. See what I'm saying? Oh, so like Charlie this is, is supposed to be like a phone. This is the like iPhone. A smartphone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways. That's These are things. To why me. do I've I never care? Seen any of it yet. <laughs> but I do. No, like kids at camp would do that. Like little kids would be like, "Oh, I'm on." I'm like, "No, no, I'm no, on the phone. no." And you're it's like, "What?" Fully, yeah. <laughs> okay. Our age is showing. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for listening, everyone, and supporting for a music where I always speak into my mic. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Remember to like and subscribe. And just a note that if you leave us a review, it helps us a lot. And we will highlight you. We will tell the world what you said about us. Um, hopefully on next week's show. So where are you guys at? For more, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at 4A Music. Subscribe to our newsletter at 4amusic.substack.com. And check out our website at 4amusic.com. Buy Alex, our merch. What's our, what's our buy our merch? What's our quote for this week, Alex? Fit as a fiddle, John Legend. <laughs> From the person who is fit as a fiddle. Okay, we thanks for sticking around for all of that nonsense. Um, we think you're super. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. I think my genuine laugh, maybe, but I like forcing the diaphragm, like going. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. so good. <laughs>